Welcome to the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris Schmedeke, and we are back after a little bit of a layoff. Uh, and today we are brought to you by Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric. They have been serving Denver residents for 50 years. They are the proud sponsor of the Colorado Avalanche, as well as this podcast. And today on this podcast, I am joined by Chris Thomason to talk, to just kind of do a season wrap-up on the Broncos. Um, we're a little, be- little behind, but, you know, the, the Brain Trust talked yesterday. So, Chris, how are you? Hey, doing well. We got plenty to cover, Chris. We do. And and honestly, I'm not going to touch too much on the Raiders game. Uh, you know, the Broncos lost in Las Vegas, lost the Raiders for the eighth straight time, another losing season. But I do want to start with yesterday when Sean Payton, George Payton, and Greg Penner all spoke to the media. You were there. Let's start with Sean Payton first. What's kind of your biggest takeaway from his his talk yesterday? A couple of things. I mean, he said obviously that uh the door is still open for russell wilson to return but i don't know how seriously that is i mean certainly he phrased it as well i talked to him for a half hour on monday and if it was closed i would have said goodbye but he didn't so you know they're waiting for a hail mary to possibly see if anybody might have interest in trading for him or if there's a chance they want him back as their quarterback that he'd be willing to do something with his contract another interesting thing that sean payton brought up was uh he talked about his play calling in terms of the red zone you know first and goal type situations goal to goal type situations and said he has to do a lot better and that sort of thing and he said also he needed to get his eyes checked and he mentioned one play in which he totally called the wrong play and it was embarrassing but uh unless you know what that one is he didn't say specifically what play that was so with the with the russ stuff and with sean payton and russ i mean clearly this is a fractured relationship i think we can all agree on that and i mean what's the percent he comes back two (laughs) percent Uh, maybe about the percentage chance that after the Broncos lost to New England, that they could still make the playoffs. Okay. So depending on which computer you uh, believe 2.8, uh, 3.8 or whatever, but so, maybe even less than that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk Jared Stenham then right now, because, you know, there was plenty of questions about him too. And, and you talked to him the day after the season where he's, you know, he wants to focus on being the starter. Is that realistic for the Broncos right now? Because I feel like it may be because if they draft a young guy, they're going to need someone to start when the season begins in 2024. Yeah, I think it's definitely realistic. Uh, They have serious salary cap issues. He's under contract next uh, season for a $7 million cap number. They don't have the type of money to go out and get a marquee quarterback and you know, are they really going to go out and just get a, spend the same money and get a similar type guy than Jared Stidham, who's already been in the system for a year? No, I don't think so. They've got the number 12 pick in the draft. You know, obviously, there's a very good chance they'll take a quarterback. I mean, if they catch lightning in a bottle and he's instantly ready to be the starter day one, he could be. But uh they could have the luxury of Stidham starting and then bringing this uh, younger quarterback along slowly. So Sean Payton's never really drafted a quarterback high. I read that he likes to take him late. Uh, you know, George Payton passed on Justin Fields and took Patrick Sertan, which is fine. But um, 
Do you think that kind of changes? Do you think they're going to get aggressive? I mean, they don't have a lot of draft capital, but you know, do they think do you think they get aggressive if they like one of these guys? Well, we'll have to see how it shakes out. I mean, the senior bowl starts in a couple of weeks and you know how crazy it is with quarterbacks. I mean, I'll give you one example. I was covering the uh, Vikings in this was the fall of 2013 or toward the end of the season, early 2014. The Vikings obviously wanted a quarterback. They liked Teddy Bridgewater. They had the number eight pick. But the talk was, oh, I don't think Bridgewater's going to even last to number eight. He's going to go super high. Well, when everything shook out, the Vikings got him at number 32 in the first round. So, I mean, you know how things go. I think he dropped because he didn't have a good workout and he said he wasn't wearing his gloves. There's all these weird things that happen. There are going to be workouts. There's going to be the senior bowl. There's going to be, you know, the combine, pro days, everything. So we got to see how things kind of shake out. And I certainly wouldn't expect a move like the uh, 49ers made where they well in advance of the draft drafted up, uh, traded up, I should say, and got Trey Lance. I think if there's any move, it happens, you know, right, maybe draft night or something when, hey, we can see how things shake out more. But again, you said they don't have a lot of capital to trade. And, so let's move on to George Payton, who also spoke yesterday. I'm, my first question is, you know, it was leaked on, I think, before Sunday's game that he's staying. Were you surprised by that at all? Well, uh, n- not really. I mean, he's under contract, and uh, Sean Payton and George Payton seem to have a decent relationship i mean george payton's an an honorable man he's gonna honor his contract you wonder if deep inside how frustrating it is having the power that he did and then now having a much more reduced amount of power i mean i asked him specifically at the press conference who's the one with the final say and he kind of talked around the question and said oh well we've never had a disagreement we've always been on the same page well you know, that's kind of crazy to think. I mean, if the draft comes and the clock is ticking down and uh, the coach and the GM differ on who to take with the next pick, I mean, I think it's pretty evident that uh, Sean Payton is in charge. So what do you think of the job that George Payton has done? Because, you know, there's a lot of heat, you know, a lot of talk on the social media about, you know, he hired Hackett and that went poorly. They traded for Russ and then they gave him the contract. I think, you know, we we talked about this last year, you know, not you and I, but with our reporter and with our boss, Paul Klee, that everyone makes that trade with the situation that the Broncos were in. I think the contract is what people get more fired up about. But also John's, George Payton's found some gems. You know, he's he's drafted guys like, you know, Jonathan Cooper, Baring Browning, things like that. So how do you, do you think he's just kind of his strong C plus? I don't know. What, what do you think? He's a strong personnel guy. I mean, I, like I said, used to cover the Vikings and uh, pretty much most of the time I was there, George Payton was uh, the right-hand man for Rick Spielman, the general manager. George didn't get a lot of credit. I mean, Spielman took most of the credit and George never really took to the media at all. But uh, from, you know, what I've heard, I mean, he was obviously a extremely valuable personnel man with, the Vikings. I mean, he knows his stuff. You mentioned some of the players that he's uh, been able to draft, but unfortunately his legacy will be 
you mentioned the Russell Wilson situation and uh, I mean, signing with a contract extension before he'd even played a single game with the Broncos, that seemed kind of crazy. And then obviously hiring Nathaniel Hackett, that was his first crack as hiring a head coach. And that was a massive failure. So, I mean, with the coach and with the quarterback, unfortunately, that's going to be George Payton's legacy with the Broncos. But as stated, he's a valuable personnel guy, and uh, that's why he's certainly sticking around. And, I mean, I don't know if you agree with this, but it seems like with their cap situation, they're probably headed towards a younger team. Yeah, I would think so. I've got a story uh, coming uh That'll be in the Denver Gazette outlining their cap situation. And they're going to have to let a number of high-priced veterans go. They have a number of high-priced guys who have big contracts, and it's they're non-guaranteed the base salaries for this year. I mean, Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, DJ Jones. I mean, some of those guys – are going to have to go in some capacity. You know, some of them, maybe they can renegotiate the deals to get the cap numbers down. Some of them, they might be able to trade, although that that's tough, you know, well, with some of those uh, salary numbers being as high as they are. And uh, some of them are just going to be outright released if they, if they don't agree to restructure, perhaps. Yeah, I think we're going to have a – I think there's going to be a different look to the Broncos coming in 2024. With, you know, but I don't think the youth movement is a bad thing. And speaking – if I put my fan hat on a little bit, like the Broncos have kind of needed a rebuild for a long time. They kind of have been stuck. Like, you know, Elway never really wanted to rebuild. And, you know, I mean, I guess they tried the young quarterback with Drew Locke. We saw how that worked out. But, you know, I, I think maybe this is a good plan. I just don't think <laughs> – how pay okay? How I can move to Greg Penner now. How patient is Greg Penner and the ownership group going to be with this? Well, I mean, uh, Sean Payton is a five year contract and uh, he certainly isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And uh, you know, maybe after two more years, if he hasn't shown anything, that might be it for him. I mean, I don't think it's so impatient that if they don't have a good season next year that they would make a coaching change or anything along those lines. I think Penner knows that with the Russell Wilson situation, they've created kind of a uh, cap mess, but uh, I mean, Greg Penner, he's had a Walmart and uh, they always want to be the kingpin and kick targets, butt and what have you. And he has the same uh, attitude when it comes to the Broncos. I mean, he pretty much stated during his press conference Tuesday that uh, their standards are extremely high. And uh, so, yeah, it's, there will be some grumbling moving forward. And certainly if these uh, non-playoff slash losing seasons continue. I guess the bigger question is how patient is Sean Payton? Well, um, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> we'll have to see. I mean, uh, uh, you know, we'll see a lot with the quarterback situation. I mean, let's just say, for instance, Stidham is the starter and they draft a quarterback and uh, doesn't start out well. You know, maybe he just goes right to the rookie quarterback, even if he's not ready. But uh, we'll have to see. I mean, Sean Payton is uh, used to winning and uh, 
with the Saints. He took the Saints in his first season, 2006, to the NFC Championship game. So he kind of ingrained himself immediately there. He did have three straight seven and nine seasons at, at one juncture, and there were rumblings about his job security, but he was able to dig himself out of that hole. So, yeah, he's not he's not a patient guy. He's used to winning with Saints, and we'll have to see how uh, things obviously unfold, uh, especially with his quarterback situation this offseason. Let's backtrack to Monday when they had open lock, that clean out the lockers and everything. Uh, you were there for that. Uh, real, let's talk about the injured guys a little bit. You talked to some of them. What, what was your biggest takeaway from them? Well, uh, Greg Dolchitz, uh, you know, says his hamstring is doing great, and he seemed ready to return. And then, boom, he had this strange foot swelling crop up. And so that pretty much ended his season. He'll be in his third year entering this season, and he went to all sorts of specialists. And, uh, he, you know, according to him, they've got his hamstring situation under control. I mean, in two NFL seasons, he's already missed uh, – what is it, 25 games, basically. So, yeah, he needs to uh, get going and get these injuries behind him, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Caden Stearns coming off the knee injury. I mean, he was listed as co-starting safety along with Kareem Jackson at the start of the season. So would have been interesting if he hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, he would have been certainly at least perhaps what P.J. Locke was this year in terms of maybe eventually being the starter with all of Kareem Jackson's uh, suspensions and, and what have you. Uh, P.J. Locke is a free agent. Um, you know, he should be able to co command a reasonable salary. I talked to him the other day and asked him if he wants to return to Denver. He said he did, but it wasn't a super gung-ho. It was more of a like, well, we'll see what happens. So they'll, you know – have to evaluate Caden Stearns' health and determine if maybe he's the safety alongside Justin Simmons, or is it definitely P.J. Locke? And, of course, Simmons has a huge contract, $14.5 million due this uh, coming season, non-guaranteed. And, uh, you know, he seems excited about next year and believes the Broncos will have a good season, but you never know what's going to happen to him. I mean, he's a, a guy that would have some – value potentially in a trade and then I talked to Kawan Williams and you know he's I don't see him coming back I mean he missed the entire season due to an ankle injury and Jaquan McMillan has kind of taken the reins of that nickelback spot so I'm sure Williams who's 32 and on the downside of his career will be going elsewhere what about uh Lord Cushenberry since he's been the starting center for a while and he's a free agent as well that's a tough one because we talked about the Broncos in their limited cap room. Cushenberry had a strong season, so we'll see how much he can command in free agency. I mean, granted, he had one great season and maybe doesn't have the track record of a, num a number of them. So if a team comes out and throws a crazy number at him, I imagine he's gone. It'll just be what teams can offer and, you know, Will he be able? Will he be willing to work with with the Broncos and give them a, a reasonable number and, and stay here? Because I know he certainly likes playing here and likes the uh, fellow offensive linemen they have. What about uh, coaching staff? You think Sean Payton makes any changes? Well, you know, he was asked that, and he said it's far too early. They're in the eval. They're kind of taking this week off, and they're going to delve into evaluating their roster next week and 
Sean Payton obviously will be evaluating his coaching staff. I mean, I would be surprised if there's any major moves. I mean, I'm talking coordinators. I would be surprised if all three coordinators aren't coming back. I mean, certainly every year there's moves on coaching staff. So maybe there's some other assistant who might get a better opportunity somewhere or may, or maybe that Peyton wants to move on from. But I would be surprised if there's any major assistant uh, moves. Yeah, I, I, you know, people talk about Vance Joseph and stuff like that. But I, I think he sticks around, I think. And that seems to be what your feeling is, too. They, yeah, they, there were some bumps with the defense at the end of the season after their five-game winning streak, which uh, had a tremendous amount to do with the defense. But I think from where they were at the start of the season and the growth that they showed, I mean, I think overall it turned out okay. The players all seem to love Vance Joseph. They talk about how it took some time to get ingrained into the system. So I don't know if it would be such a great you know, move to just boom, switch everything and start over at this juncture. Well, and that's the thing too, with the Broncos in the last couple of years, like there's no continuity in coaching staff. So I'm sure they want to try to keep this together to, you know, move forward with it. Uh, one more thing on Jared Stidham. Cause again, like you talked to him on Monday, you know, his play was okay in those two games. Um, what do you, what do you get from him? Is he, is he a pretty confident guy? What, what kind of feelings do you get from him? Yeah, he's a very confident guy, easygoing uh, type of guy, and uh, the players all seem to like and respect him. I did an in-depth story on him last week. I spoke to Scott Zolak, who's the Patriots um, radio analyst and a big media guy up there and a former longtime Patriots backup quarterback. So he's got a pulse of the situation. He said the guys had great respect for him in New England, really gravitated toward him. I mean, there was most a lot of people thought he was going to be the guy that replaced Tom Brady in the 2020 season. And then they went, ended up bringing Cam Newton in instead. And then they thought they had landed a stud in Mac Jones. But that's kind of uh, gone the other way. But, uh, yeah, I think the Broncos wished he would have done a little bit better in his final two games. I mean, um, you know, you look at his stats, they weren't bad, but he had some overthrows and the two touchdowns he threw by both receivers kind of did just about all the work on those. So, and I think they wish, you know, especially the Raider game. I mean, the Charger game, the Chargers are so bad that they didn't need to do a lot just to win that one, but uh, they certainly wish he would have looked better in, in the Raider game. And a lot of his stats were just uh, also, you know, accumulated late in the game in garbage time as well. So flip to a little bit more um, like national NFL stuff with you. Two open, two coaching openings in the AFC West. I guess Antonio Pierce's could be hired with the Raiders, but do you, do you think Jim Harbaugh heads to that Chargers job? I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, let's address the Raiders first. Yeah, I think they'll keep Antonio Pierce. Players love him down there. He had a winning record, I believe, five and four after taking over for the fired Josh McDaniels. And the Raiders made the same made the mistake a couple of years ago. Rich Biasachi, players loved him. They fired him instead, brought in Josh McDaniels. That didn't work. So I think they go to Pierce and. Uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, Harbaugh, yeah, seems to be a perfect fit for the Chargers. He's got his college 
title ring. He wants a Super Bowl ring. He might not admit it, but it kills him that his brother has one and he doesn't. Of course, he lost in the Super Bowl to his brother in February of 2013. They've got a quarterback in place, Justin Herbert, and the Chargers they need to do something to get a niche in that LA market because there's really no chargers fans out there. So I'm sure they'll open up the pocketbooks and uh, I see that as a potential uh, perfect fit. Any other coaching things surprise you? I think Vrabel is probably the one that surprised me. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they just felt that it was time for a change, but he's, you know, obviously, a solid coach and yeah, he's going to land somewhere. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in new England, you know, with Belichick. I mean, that thing is still, uh, still looming uh, as of now, he's still the coach, but will Vrabel uh, push them to maybe give a little bit more of a nudge to uh, Belichick out the door. Do you think new England wants to try to get something for Belichick is probably what they're waiting out to see possibly. You know, it certainly is possible, but uh, I mean, they're they're talking. I mean, the Chargers, I guess, have surfaced as a possibility for Belichick, but I think uh, Harbaugh would be a much better fit for them. And I don't know if I see Belichick going to the Raiders and working Ooh, for yeah. uh, Mark Davis. I don't really uh, see that happening. I, I don't. I don't know if there's a great fit uh, for Belichick currently with another team but uh you know you you got one you at this point is it it not washington maybe yeah it could be but um i mean it's they just hired a couple people uh bob myers out of the formerly out of the nba rick spielman to do their due diligence so who knows if you're hiring all these people to do all this, you know, it might be a drawn out process in Washington. So who knows if they're ready to move quickly there. All right. I don't want to spoil our picks that will run in Friday's Denver Gazette this week for wildcard weekend. So let's say what's your favorite game this weekend. Probably the chiefs dolphins, just because the weather is going to be, uh, just, uh, crazy there. I mean, it might be one of the four or so, four or five NFL games in history where it's below zero. And I was at one, I was at the minus six degree game, Minnesota, Seattle, January, 2016, Blair Walsh misses a chippy 27 yard field goal. And uh, I, I've even talked on the side to Russell Wilson about that game. He was playing for Seattle in that particular game. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be real interesting to see if Miami's, uh, in the freezer offense can do anything at all on Saturday night in Kansas city. Well, I always remember the game here and well, it would have been, it was 2012 season, 2013, the, the Ravens Broncos divisional round game where it was, I don't know what the temp was, the, the Raheem Moore game. That's the one I always remember I, here. I was at that one too. In fact, uh, I was with Fox sports and I was standing behind the end zone on the opposite side of uh, where the touchdown happened. And, you know, freezing my butt off and just waiting to go into the locker room. And then I was kind of like, what happened? What happened? Because I was on the opposite side and couldn't see through the players. But obviously when I heard the crowd, I knew whatever happened was not good for the Broncos. I got to say, one of my favorites this weekend is Rams-Lions. I think that 
you know, the Lions finally get in the playoffs and here comes their former quarterback and Sean McVay. I, I can't think Lions fans are thrilled about that one. Uh, you know, who, who knows? I mean, uh, <laughs> they'll probably be thrilled if, uh, if, you know, if the Lions win, because obviously they can, uh, I mean, the Rams face it. They got a Super Bowl win out of Stafford. So they went for the short term and it worked out. But if Goff and the Lions beat the Rams, I mean, that's going to give Detroit fans a measure of satisfaction, at least. Well, you maybe got the short prize, but we're in this for the long haul. We got the better deal for the long haul. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be an interesting matchup. There's no there's no doubt about it. Just to tie back to the Broncos real quick, the Rams are somebody that probably Bronco fans should look at because they were kind of in cap hell and then had to fight their way out, and then they have all those rookies playing now. Yeah, I mean, uh, George Payton at his press conference made a reference to how, how they have to hit on the draft with this salary cap situation and that they only have six picks. And then he uh, mentioned, well, maybe we'll have more. We like picks. I mean, uh, as I've stated, I used to cover the Vikings with Rick Spielman and uh, George Payton. And every year they always wanted to get 10 picks or so in the draft. I mean, they were thinking that, hey, if we can just get a bunch of late round picks and we hit 50 percent with these guys, you know, it gives us a higher percentage of getting some impact players. So wouldn't be surprised if that similar tactic is enacted. Maybe they trade some future late round picks to get some uh more late round picks this year in the draft all right chris we'll say uh the broncos are never boring and i don't think we're going to have a boring off season either so you and i will probably catch up on broncos maybe around the time of the combine uh thanks for listening everyone make sure you subscribe to this podcast on apple or spotify this is also on youtube if you want to see us in video form and make sure to check out all of Chris's coverage over at denvergazette.com. Chris, thanks for coming on, and we will probably talk when we get closer to the combine. Sounds good, Chris. It's been a great season, and look forward to uh, having more of these as we move forward. For sure. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.